Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host, Fortwan, joined by co-host, and only this co-host tonight, Morg. How you doing? Oh my god, I've... <laughs> I'm absolutely flabbergasted by all the stuff that's going on right now. Like, this is the craziest long weekend I've had so far. Like, I'm it's just... The carpet's just been pulled right out from underneath me. I'm just like... I, I don't even know what to think. What a crazy day. Are you talking about, like, the lack of communication hunting thing that you put on Twitter? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, the uh, the stuff that we're going to be talking about, the Mario stuff. I'm talking about also... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the quests that just released in Monster Hunter, like... Oh, it, it's... Yeah, wow. The Rajong, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get in, we'll get into that stuff too, but, um, the main topic for tonight, and we'll, we'll lead with this and we'll probably end up drifting into Monster Hunter eventually anyways. We'll probably talk about some of that Monster Hunter update stuff, um, also, but the main draw, I want to talk about the Mario 35th anniversary collections that we're getting, um, mainly the Mario 3D All-Stars, which includes Mario 64, Mario, uh, Sunshine, and the first Mario Galaxy I didn't yes. see that it had Galaxy 2. No. Um, I would have liked if it had Galaxy 2, honestly. Yeah. Um, because that's the one I haven't played. I've, I've played all three to completion um, that are there. I have not played Mario Galaxy 2 to completion. So I, I don't know why they don't have that. Yeah. But then again, I mean, for $60, yeah, I'll play Mario 64 and Sunshine and, you know, Galaxy again. I certainly will. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm definitely going to get it. I mean, like, it's a three three for one deal and it's like it's it's these are like proven to be really really good games like they're all amazing games um definitely yeah mario I, I would say I get it. between i i still play mario 64 a little regularly um because it was on the wii u eShop, i think and i played yeah. it but it's been a while since i played it i i do normally get 120 stars on it and that kind of thing but yeah, I'm I'm excited about this, and we also got Super Mario All Stars on the SNES. Um, what do you call that? The SNES. Um, I guess you'd call it the uh, Super Nintendo uh, uh, library, I guess, because it's. I mean, like, yeah. It, yeah, it's just like a big collection of games, anyway. So I guess we could call it a library. And that yeah, comes for free with your Nintendo subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my um, god, it looks so good, and the graphics are updated for all the games on that one. Like they look so clean and it, oh man. yeah and that one that's see that's what how i grew up playing most of the mario games is playing all stars the older yeah. ones now i did i did have an nes and i did have a cartridge of mario 3 1 and 2 but i didn't obviously have a cartridge of lost levels so no, um, yeah lost levels that's the way that i played it as a kid now now oh my god when i was a kid this was like we're talking I'm seven, eight years old at the time I'm playing Mario All-Stars. And it's been since then that I've played Mario All-Stars. Now, they do some strange things in Mario All-Stars. I don't know if you know. Especially mm-hmm. with Mario 3. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. But, like, for some reason, they switched the kings of the two of the first world and the second world in Mario 3 in All-Stars than from the original game. They're oh. swapped for some reason. Oh. And I don't know why. And I've never heard anyone say that, that that's a thing. I'm sure that's the thing. Like, I remember clearly having the white bearded guy be the, the one of the first world and the, you know, more desert dwelling looking fellow from the desert world mm-hmm. there. But they've swapped them. Um, that's interesting. I, 
it's been a while since I've played Super Mario 3, but yeah, I, I don't, I actually don't even recall this ever happening, but I'm glad that you noticed it. Um, yeah, that's, that's really That's something strange. I noticed as a kid. <laughs> like, as a kid, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Because I played Mario 3, right? Mario 3 was like, when I was, uh, I got a, I got an NES when I was like three or four. I yeah. can't remember. Um, one of those two ages. And I played the crap out of that system. Um, that the arcade Ninja Turtles, not not the super hard one. I had the super oh, hard one. I hated it. The super hard one is it. just ridiculous. The one where like if you yeah. lose a turtle, you lose them for good. That's that's painful. Yeah, and it had like that under underwater level that was a time bomb you had to fix. And, oh, with yeah. like the electric um, plant things or whatever. Yeah, forget yeah. that. Like no. No, no, no. And it's funny because, like, there, the platform levels where you have to go on, like, all the different platforms or whatever, and then if you, like, fall into the water, you get washed away. It's like, but you're a turtle. Like, it, uh, just, no. Just no. Like, that does not make that's, sense. That's when I should just come up on the string and say, Kappa, right? Did I just make an anime joke? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Well, Anyways. it's more like a Japanese <laughs> cultural one. It's not so much anime, but I mean, like, you know, it's, yeah, it's a good reference. Oh, by the way, um, as some of you may know, I've had a, a little bit of dating trouble, but last night you missed this conversation more. It was hilarious. Oh. Um, what? <laughs> um, so I was, I was venting a little bit about, you know, the, the whole dating situation I've been going through with uh, uh, Ace and uh, Haru, actually. Haru was uh, hunting with us last night. Yeah. And, um. Uh, my brother as well, and uh, Ace was joking around. He's like, "Watch, you're 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 gonna go to Japan, fall in love with this amazing hunter girl, and you guys are gonna." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." The guy who is like as much anti-Japanese culture. Now, not that I hate Japanese culture, but I'm not I'm not into anime. I'm just into Monster Hunter, right? I'm just like, that's yeah, the yeah. Thing. It's like I'm not I'm not the guy who like do, you know geeks out over japanese culture i'm not i'm not ever wanting to learn kanji or japanese or, or anything like that and and uh watch me be the guy that, that gets gets married and goes to japan like, or something like that was the joke oh <laughs> just God. like fort one's luck <laughs> <laughs> you know all due respect to an amazing culture that produces amazing stuff i will say that like it's just but i've never been obsessed like it you know with, with like i don't know the, the sort of like meme of you know how nerds are they're mm -hmm. super obsessed with yeah like i mean like I it's, have cer my it's certainly an interesting wall. culture for sure and i mean like it's definitely no, it worth is. checking out like you know just to be able to just go and check like uh i don't know like well pretty much any time of the year it's really you know worth checking out because you know they've got pretty beautiful scenery and they've got awesome gardens and I'm kind of interested in their little tea ceremony things where they have like the, the, it, what is if it that wasn't thing? Is COVID it like a whisk? Times, I don't know what it is. I, but yeah, I don't it, know. Again, I'm the wrong person to be asking. Like, mm -hmm. um, actually one thing I, I did get into, and this is a total tangent. Um, Pan, uh, had suggested that I read or, or listen to, cause I listen to books instead of reading them now, mm -hmm. uh, across the Nightingale floor, which is set in, Oh, I don't know what era of Japan, but an old one where, you know, like the feudal lords 
maybe it's I don't know if it's feudal Japan, but it, it's like ancient Japan where you know there is there is an emperor, but mostly the lords rule the lands. Right. So it's like it's it's actually kind of a good like you know like grounded in history, but also fantasy thing because they mm-hmm. they have like I don't know special ninja powers or whatever. It's not like Naruto level of things. It's just better hearing. No, it's probably you know, like Sekiro level where they've got like uh, kinesthetics and stuff like that. Like they can do like crazy moves or whatever, and they're like able to see like yeah, more like that. Yeah, um, it's called Across the Nightingale Floor. It's like the um, clans of the Otari Saga or something. The Otari Saga, something like that. Yeah. Um, really good book. Holy cow! I have never. Um, been like that enthralled like i have to buy the next in this series now and i did i mean i didn't have to buy it i had a free credit so i used that mm-hmm. next one. yeah it was really good um anyways you know back on track <laughs> so mario um mario's 35th anniversary which is you know like amazing we you know we're obviously we talk a lot about monster hunter we started with monster hunter but right. obviously we're also bigger gamers so um my question to you morg is yeah. Where 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 do you start in your Mario journey? Like oh like, my what, god, what are, these, okay. what are these what are these games are you excited about? Like are these going to be nostalgia for you? Are you going to be going back and playing some of these for the first time? Like where are we? Yeah, at? okay, so yeah, I started. Um, I remember I was like a little kid, and I must have been like around like four or five years old, and my grandparents had an NES in their basement. And, um, they live, like, three and a half hours away from, like, where I live normally. And so, um, you know, we would, we would always go up there, you know, come by for a visit, you know, say hi and, you know, kisses yeah. and whatever, you know, grandparent stuff. And my cousins would always be there, too. And, you know, we would always hang out and we would play, um, uh, Mario Brothers on the NES. And we got, it, it was kind of like the dual game cartridge where it came, it, it was Mario Brothers and then Duck Hunt. And so, Duck Hunt. Yeah. yeah. So, like, we would, like, sit in we would sit in the basement, and we'd be, like, playing this game for hours, trying to figure out how to beat the levels or whatever. I sucked at it. Um, mostly because of my age. But, like, uh, my cousins were, like, they're the real gamers. They're actually really good at a lot of these games. Like, they played Mario, like, crazy. And more often than not, I would end up, end up like, watching it because we'd always do a thing where it's, like, loser passes on, right? So, you know, just so that everybody got a chance to play it. And then it yeah, got to the, po- it got to the point. Technique. Yeah, it got to the point where they were, like, maybe in, like, I think, like, the fifth and sixth worlds or stuff like that. And they'd have to deal with, like, the guy in the cloud who would be, like, dropping those spiked, bald, like, weird echidna-looking things or whatever. And they'd be walking around all over the place. And so, like, my cousins, <laughs> we were all like, book it, run, 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 run. I do, run. And it I was do believe they're insane. called spinies. Yeah, yeah, the spinies. And then, like, that was the first time that uh, we ever got introduced to Mario. And then, I believe we also had cartridge uh, cartridges for Super Mario 3. There was not one for two, I don't think, that we had. But we were able to play um, Super Mario All-Stars. And so, yeah, we would go back mm-hmm. and we would play number two. And, my God, that game was ridiculously hard. Um, oh, yeah. Super fun. But, oh, my God, it was really ridiculous. Especially those missions where you had to, like... You had to use your dig action to try and get yourself through the the layers of sand or whatever, and there'd be like a trail of monsters or bad guys, or whatever, coming behind you, like walking down the the path that you built for yourself. And then, of course, there was those freaking floaty mask guys. I hated those. They they were so irritating. Um, 
and then we also found out that Luigi was like the best character for that game because of his ridiculous jump. Um, Twinkle Toes is what my mom called him. Oh yeah. Oh my god, his jump was just amazing. Um, Peaches him, him was and Peach. terrible. Peaches was really good what? for like long distance, like... like but it, it only went so high, and it was like a hover. So I mean, like it was good yeah. for like certain distances, but it wasn't great for like getting those high up areas that you really needed to reach at in order no, to unlock secret I mean, stuff. Um, the only one that sucked was Toad. That's it. Yeah, Toad was terrible. I think it was only really good for like pulling vegetables out of the ground, like because he was just amazing. Just yeah, he up. did it. He did it fast, like just yeah. instant. Um, Mario was pretty well rounded. Um, I didn't mind using him, of course, but preferably Luigi if I could. Um, yep. Yeah, Super Mario Three. My God, that game is amazing. Um, then I think. Uh, let me see. Uh, after that, I believe uh, the last time. Well. Immediately after that, I think it was Super Mario World, which that game was just phenomenal. Yes. Uh, probably my all-time favorite Super Nintendo game was Super Mario World. Um, mm, I can't agree on that one. I honestly, I, that I one, honestly though. loved that one a lot. Like it was so good, and we beat it a couple of times. Like it was, it, it was challenging, but it, I don't think it was as hard as um, number. Three, I think number three actually had a lot of like difficult levels that were very very tricky to beat, but it, it was a good okay. game. Um, then immediately after World, I think. Oh, let me see. I'm I'm trying. You to don't have my to brain. go through the whole library. Just just what would whichever one stand out to you? Oh, okay, like. yeah, the ones that stood out were definitely. Hmm. Uh, darn it, they're all. You know. No, that's they're really all good. Hard to I'll say. Give you... Yeah, like uh, the ones they're that, all good. Yeah, the ones that really stood out for me, I think, were probably three world. I mean, two had really good mechanics, and it does stand apart from the rest of them. But I, now, I would granted, have a very hard time um, getting back into it. Um, well, it is. It, I think that talking about Super Mario World and World Two is pertinent to the conversation for sure for Mario's 35th anniversary. But definitely. like, they are not in, they are not included in the in these things we're getting because yeah. they are already part of this NES uh, whatever. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Yeah. Uh. Let me see. Well, I mean, Super Mario Galaxy was pretty good. Um. Mm -hmm. I, I. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make people mad by saying that I did. That it was not. Um. It wasn't the one that caught my attention the most, but I liked the fact that it really played. Played around a lot with like backgrounds and like all the different shapes, and it wasn't just strictly a platformer two D. Um. Yeah. It, it definitely changed a lot of things for it. Um. Super Mario sixty four. That one was really really fun. I got into that one actually pretty darn late. Um, I think mm. it was, like, well after GameCube came out that I actually started playing it. I think I played Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time before 64, uh, before 64. And, um, mm. yeah, I know, it's weird, uh, right? I got, that was my only game on the 64 for probably oh, a good whoa. three months. Whoa, dude, I, I, I've played Hey You Pikachu, Donkey Kong 64, um, and a bunch now, of other ones. I mean, ones, it was the but... first th three months that I had the system. Obviously, later on, I got a lot more games, including, mm -hmm. you know, DK64, Ocarina of Time, you know, like Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that that game was really, really... Oh, man. Is there even they got a Sunshine. bad... Is there a bad Mario game? Uh, 
I would say, yeah. I would say that some of the later generation stuff, like uh, Super Mario, New Super Mario Bros. and New Super Mario Bros. Wii U, mm. um, they're not bad, but they're certainly bottom of the run for Mario. Yeah. Um, 3D Land also came out um, with Bowser's whatever. Bowser's Revenge? I think that's the one, yeah. I think they're bringing that yeah. game back as well. Um, yeah, they're also doing that. Uh, I didn't mention that, but um, I'm not super fond of 3D Land. I'm not really... Uh, 3D World, I should say. 3D Land was the yeah. 3DS one. Yeah, um, 3D, 3D Worlds. World. Um, I'm not super fond of those ones, and I don't think they're bad. I just don't enjoy them as much. I don't I don't need an isometric Mario. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a fixed with a fixed camera on, on on that sort of angle. I'm okay with the 2D, but the 2D ones they did it because they were innovative, not reiterative. And and the ones that are reiterative are like the new Super Mario Bros, new Super Mario Bros. They had cool mm-hmm. and fun ideas like new power-ups and that kind of stuff. And they did some really cool art direction with some levels, but gameplay wise, they were still Mario. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were still yeah. They so they they felt they felt stale, and they went stale quicker than other Mario games for me. Right, and they yeah. don't last because of that. So I yeah. would not call them bad because I don't think there is a bad Mario game aside mm-hmm. from you know like maybe the uh, what was it the the Nintendo CD stuff. Oh <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if we should even talk about those. Like, <laughs> hell, I even like Mario's Missing, and most people hate that game. Oh my god! Um, oh, where you're traveling in the real real world and learning about places like yeah. Paris and oh uh, oh Italy. god, that game is terrible. Yeah. The one where you're playing as Luigi and you have to go and try and find Mario. Yeah, that one's just irritating. I... Um. Loved it, and a... I'm not joking. Oh man, it wow. was. I don't know what it was. Uh, I was. I'm not a person who likes to travel. I'm mm-hmm. not a person that really cares to. If someone was like, "Hey, you have a choice. You can play more Monster Hunter that you're already kind of like done everything in, or go to Paris, all expenses paid." I might choose Monster Hunter. I'm not lying. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean like, that's I not that's not even travel... really a fair example. I mean, like Paris is not really a city that you really want to go to. I mean, like Versailles is a pretty great well, place that you might want to visit. I mean, like there's also like I well, believe the point. Um, oh, actually, I should the tell point you that I'm getting to there's... travel in general is not something I do normally, yeah. but. But I mean, and like, I don't because yeah. it makes me nervous. Well, I um, I literally have fears of like the house burnt down while I was gone. Oh, like, geez. Yeah. I went to I went yeah. to Seattle um, a long time ago now, uh, maybe 2010, 2011. Yeah, maybe 12. I, I don't know. It was Christmas of around, you know, those whatever those three years are. One of those um, years. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, we were gone for two weeks and I was on like I was like sweating bullets by like the third day because I was like. What what's happening at the apartment? What, <laughs> is, is, do I st- do I still have? I just I want something about travel now. If I'm closer, I, I tend not to have problems. Like I've not had any problems going to. We regularly travel to Tennessee as a family for like a 
family vacation. We have a couple of regular spots we go to. Yeah. You know, excluding COVID this year, right? This is the yeah. first year we haven't done it. Um, yeah. But, like, that doesn't make me nervous. But, like, yeah. And for some reason, Mario's missing was like I just it just clicked with me. I was like I love this. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say what it is. um I was going to say that um if if there was something that you would have actually wanted to do in France, they're actually building a medieval castle in the traditional sense of how you would build a castle in in the in the in the old school medieval ways that you would build a castle, they're doing that as a 20-year project. I think they're already um uh, 15 years into it. So most of the castle is actually Ooh. already done. They've already had wow. people like doing like all the brickwork. They've already like had people like working with the stones and like, you know, filling things in with mortar and they've got like clay bricks for like the flooring and stuff like that. They've done the whitewash, the stucco, like it's, it's crazy cool. Like look at, like I'm actually going to find the video for that and I'm going to send it to you and you're going to, you're going to check it out and you're going to be like, wow, this is like, such a cultural experience. It's wow. beautiful. <laughs> like, it's. I it's like just... how you're like, you're going to do this. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, that's funny, Morg. It, it's it's so cool. Um, I guess. Well, also, yeah. I, I guess we could probably talk about also like uh, some of the things about like the Mario stuff that we're looking forward to that looks really new. Um. Well, um, I haven't got to my Mario history. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's do that first, cause yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not stealing the show from you, man. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. You know, too much work. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, so Mario was introduced to me by my late uncle uh, uh, Andy when I was probably, gosh, I would have been four um yeah four um i i used to love my uncle andy a lot um quite a bit and he he was like he was uh he was kind of a gamer um you know back when that wasn't much of a thing right yeah um and he introduced me and now i've been a gamer since i was two so i'd already been playing video games for two years but i was on pc uh, right yeah so i was playing ah gosh like Lost Vikings and that kind of stuff. Don't quote me on that. I don't know the timelines of those games. It all sort of meshes together when you're that young. Like, I was playing stuff from when I was two, so it would have been 1992 on, on PC. Yeah. So, stuff like any anything like that. I remember playing a lot of Stunt Driver, uh, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, he introduced me to the original Mario Brothers on NES, because he had an NES. Yeah, and I I loved it. I was like, Mom, I have to have the Mario game. I have to have the Mario game. I had I like, um, so when I was five, I got an NES, and I know I said three or four earlier. I was five, I got an NES, and I had it for one year before when I was six, I got a SNES. Um, six or maybe no, it was six because I was in kindergarten, um, and I was like, I had to like. So I had the Mario game. Unfortunately, my uncle passed away maybe a week after introducing me to Mario. Oh, so, wow. Uh, you know, the details is he basically, he was struck by a car, he, uh, by a drunk driver. He was walking in, in Columbus and got hit by a car. So that was a that was an ordeal. Um, but that kind of cemented this uh, this idea of, like, that was him and I's thing when I was four. So I just, like, dove into Mario. 
Like, I was just, like, obsessed with Mario. Um, my mom used to say that I had dreams about, like, nightmares about Mario where I envisioned I was the Goombas and, I, and Mario was jumping on me and killing me. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I love, I love, but I love Mario. And it's part of it is I've always loved monsters. <laughs> Monster Hunter, D&D, and all that stuff, right? Um, so I, I've always loved the, the, the Goombas and the, and the Koopas and the Thwomps and that kind of stuff. Like, I just, I, I, I love that. And Mario was, like, my first video game obsession for a long time. Uh, and that turned into, so I played, uh, on the NES, I played and finished Mario 1, Mario 2. I had, I had Mario 2. And yeah. I think Mario 2 is the first, the first one I actually finished. Um, and I, <laughs> I remember my grandmother, uh, I wanted her to play with me, right? Yeah. I was like, I was like play Mario with me, Grandma, play Mario. And she was like, okay. And then <laughs> she she was like, she couldn't keep up, right? And then, uh, you know, she didn't oh, play man. video games. She's she's older and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay, Grandma. You'll get the hold of it. You just got to practice. And I, and I was just like going on and on. And, um, and she was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cham. I can't keep up. And you're just a genius. And I was like, what? What, what did you call me? Like a, a genius, yeah. and I was like, "Mom, Grandma's calling me names." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what a genius was. Oh my god! <laughs> and my brother was teasing me about it too. He's like, "Ha you're a genius." Because <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, but uh, so yeah, I beat Mario too. Like the, I'm sad that like. Obviously, now I know that Doki Doki Panic was what Mario 2 really was. I'm sad that we haven't seen Wart come back in any meaningful way or Mauser or some of those bosses because I thought they yeah. were really cool. It yeah. was a very unique, you know, quote unquote Mario game that we borrowed a lot from. We have Bobombs and Shy Guys because of because of that. Yeah. Um, obviously, I love Mario 3. I had Mario 3. Um, I didn't beat that till I was a teenager. To me, Mario Three has always been one of the harder games, um, and I, I just don't know why. I think it's World Eight. World Eight gets to me. Like I just, I just lose steam because like yeah. some of those those levels are just brutal. Um, and I remember as a kid getting to Bowser, but I was like, I can't jump on him. What do I do? What do I do? Like, so I, I just you know it took me a long time to realize. Oh yeah, you have to let him sort of kill himself. Uh, yeah. Of uh, it's a very passive fight compared to the, all the other active fights that you do in the game where you're jumping on their head, the, the Koopalings. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed uh, that, yeah, it, it, it's very different in the sense that, yeah, you can't just, like, out and out kill Bowser. You have to, like, wait for him to smash all the blocks underneath him, and then he just falls through and dies. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I as, a, as a younger kid, I just didn't get that. Um, um, so... Uh, I, you know, I played that for, you know, that, that year. And then that continued on with Super Mario All-Stars, which I got as a young, uh, I think I got that very early into me having a SNES. Um, I also got Super Mario World, although, um, I had Yoshi Safari, but I didn't have the light gun Mm because my mom got confused on which game to get. So she got Yoshi Safari instead of Super Mario World. Um, but she returned it and then got, got the one I wanted. I just... I don't know. I I remember liking the idea of Yoshi Safari. I just never got the scope, the super scope. Yeah. Um. um so I had it briefly. 
Um, <laughs> um, but then, what stands out to me, I love Super Mario World, don't get me wrong. And I love Yoshi. But what really stands out to me is Super Mario World 2 uh, with uh, uh, the one with baby Mario and Yoshi. Oh, um, that, that one. one that yeah. one stands out to me a lot. And I still... I am still playing it on the Switch here and there. Um, that's the, as far as, like, we want to talk about old school Mario, that's the one that really sits with me nostalgia-wise. Yoshi's Island, um, right? Yeah, or, Yoshi's yeah. Island. Yeah. Um, and because it had such unique boss fights, it had such unique, like, levels and artistic design and music. Like, I don't know, I, I mean, Morg, you haven't hunted uh, with us too often, but sometimes, you know, how people are just kind of like... When you're hunting together, you're kind of focused and you're doing stuff. Sometimes, yeah. like when I, when I'm focused and doing stuff, I actually hum the uh, like the one of the athletic themes to Super Mario uh, World Two. <laughs> uh, Yoshi's, Yoshi's Island. That's like one of my default songs that I hum sometimes. Oh, that's the, hilarious. Like it's just like one of the iconic like Mario songs to me. Right, is, is some of that. Um, and I just, uh, I, to me that it's not like your typical Mario game, but it's, it's definitely a favorite of mine. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the 3d, all, 3d all stars, those three games. I love, I love all three of them. I would say of those three, Mario 64 is the one I'm most familiar with and like the most. Yeah. Um, the other two, I was one and done, right? I I, mm-hmm. I didn't 100% uh, Sunshine. I never got all the blue go- blue coins, but mm-hmm. I got all the Shine Sprites that you could get. Yeah. Um, oh. And then um, I did not 100% Galaxy, but I did finish it. Yeah. Um, and I love but I love all three of them. Mario 64, it's almost, not, not, not recently, but for a long time, yearly, I would emulate the game and 100 120 stars. There's few games that I play through once a year. Diablo 1, Mario 64, and Yoshi's Island are the three that I can think off the top of my head. There's a few that I go back to oh, every once in a while. Paper Mario, the original one on N64, one of the best RPGs that I had ever played. I never got I never got into that one oh. because I was such I was such a bigger fan of Super Mario RPG. It it was so so good, man. Like you have no idea. Like the way that they've um, like it's a turn based game, and you get like a no, pretty no, cool I know roster. what it is. Um, some some of yeah. the moves, like some of their special moves that they get, they have like such unique button combinations and stuff like that. Like the things that you have to do in order to be able to execute some of those moves were just so yeah. unique. Like they were just so awesome. That I kind of feel a little bit ashamed that I played it on emulator afterwards and tried to do the same with keyboard. It was um, absolutely ridiculous. But oh man, I remember playing that <laughs> game, and that game was really good. I, I, sh- yeah, I completely that's... forgot that I remembered that. And that right up there well, was like, um, the... what was it? Uh, Super Mario RPG. That game was also yeah, really good Super too. Yeah, Mario... Super Mario RPG is the one that I got into. Um... I'm not a I I'm not a good big fan of the old RPGs, right? Mm-hmm. But you put Mario in there, um, putting in timed attacks because hell, who didn't press A to to do critical hits or down B to uh, get the easier catch for Pokeballs, even though that was proven to not be a thing. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I still do it. I do. I still do that. <laughs> I do <laughs> like, this thing. I do this thing where like I'll like button mash A like crazy, and then once the Pokemon like gets inside the ball, I'll hold the B button while I'm button mashing, and then for every shake, I'll release the B button a little bit, and then let and push down on it again, hold it, and I'll be like release B, push back down, and then I'll just keep button mashing A until I finally catch it. And yeah, I'm like yeah, I. I I, I don't know what it is. I'm superstitious about that kind of stuff. Sometimes I feel like button combinations actually do impact that, even though it's completely it's, RNG. It's placebo. Yeah. It's placebo effect in, in, in its finest form, right? It's just... It is. I feel like I have to do this. I feel like... I like It's just a it's just a, an excitement reaction, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, even if you don't even realize it. But it's like, all right, I have to do this. And I, I agree with you, Mario. I, I still do it. But... Super Mario RPG rewarded that. Um, I don't know if if uh, Paper Mario did. Um, no, like the you you I, you had to specifically time certain attacks. Like you had to you had to um, um, execute certain controls in order to be able to um, use certain moves very effectively. Um, so it kind of worked in in the same you, way in that you, sense. But you just had to um, pay attention to like the the directions. Um, that they were giving you, and understand like how some of the moves were working. Like, um, whenever um, yeah, you just Mario... had to do a little basic mini games. Yeah, whereas Super Mario RPG, it was timed attacks. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, one of Mario's super jumps was it was infinite until you messed up the timed attack. Um, I remember getting well, it got harder, right? The mm-hmm. window got smaller each time. And I think up to a certain amount, but then you could just you could just lose the rhythm. I think you had to for a special challenge or a special thing or an item, you had to get like thirty-two consecutive jumps. Oh my god! On a, on a um, my record is thirty-five. I think Jesus. Um, so like the the timed attacks is what really stood out to me. Super Mario RPG, also iconic char- characters like Gino and Mallow. Um, Peach having the giant frying pan as a weapon that ends up being a thing in Smash Brothers. Yeah, that became that a signature. Came from Super yeah, Mario I remember RPG. that. Um, I love Mario's ultimate weapon, which was the heavy Koopa, the the red winged, uh, the red turtle shell. Yeah, with the uh, wings. It had wings. Yeah, and it was super big. Um, Bowser being a playable character as well. Um, so my. My team, like my A team, uh, uh, always consisted of Mario, Bowser, and Gino. Like those were my go-to uh, characters. You know, Peach and Mallow on the sidelines, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, one of the one of the few times you get to play as Peach as well. I mean, you did in Mario too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Super Mario RPG is a is a big one that stood out to me. Unfortunately, Paper Mario is something I skipped because. I did play Paper Mario. I rented it actually, more, and uh, I didn't like it because I wanted I wanted it to be more like Super Mario RPG, uh, and it felt it, it it a lot a lot more. Um, and it is this is I guess this is a problem we can come up with with Mario series a lot more kid friendly and handholdy, um, and that's where the 3D Mario's kind of get away with it because yeah. they don't do that. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. they don't handhold you as much as some of the other Mario games. 
I'll admit um, that like some of, some of the bosses in it were actually not that easy. You had to save in advance before you would go ahead, or otherwise you could get TPK'd pretty quickly. And I liked that the orientation of the characters is very similar to Darkest Dungeon in the sense that like you know the person who's like <laughs> taking their turn first Darkest is in the front. Darkest Mario Dungeon. Yeah. Oh I my god, that. that would be amazing as a game. Oh my god, Mario Darkest Dungeon. But like, <laughs> but I mean like um. The orientation of your characters was, like, in that sense. And your opponents could target um, certain characters in that line, depending upon, like, what kind of attacks they use. Um, yeah. Which was kind of frustrating. But, um, yeah, like, I, I totally get what you mean. And I kind of also like that with Super Mario RPG, it kind of had, like, that 2.5 3D kind of feel to it. Kind of like how... Uh, Legends of Dragoon or Final Fantasy VII kind of had that sort of aspect yeah, to it. That's the uh, the isometric design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very isometric. Yeah, that's. Um, gosh, that used to be the genre Diablo was called was an isometric hack and slash. Oh like, wow! Just, just that. Yeah, the two point five D or sort of like over the shoulder camera. Yeah. Um, in a fixed angle. Um. There was a lot of cool seekers in Mario RPG. Like I, I love Mario RPG quite a bit. Um, I actually have a physical copy of it sitting somewhere over there. I can, I can see the stack of SNES games. I don't know. I can't see what they are though. Um, I actually have all of my games on a single shelf that is not organized enough for me to put on Twitter. So I will not. <laughs> yeah, there's like over uh, eight hundred games easily that you know are licensed under Nintendo for the NES. I think there might actually be even more than that. If we're excluding... Uh, I was like talking the games SNES, from, but yeah. If, yeah, if we were excluding the games that were done by Wisdom Tree, um, yeah, like, it would still easily be over 800 um, titles on that on that one uh, video game console. Like, it's just ridiculous. A good friend of mine from high school, um, and, you know, I don't, we don't interact too much anymore, even though we actually live very nearby now um to each other i still talk to him sometimes but he used to collect the nes games uh back in the days of us in high school oh wow so he was a collector from then and we would regularly hit up flea markets and stuff and he would just buy used games he's like i don't have this one yet i don't have this one yet like he would just buy all the old nes games and they end up being eventually worth something i you know for collectors yeah uh now he doesn't sell them. He he's a collector himself, but he just won't pay a bunch of money for stuff. He's really good at finding them cheap from people that don't know how much they are. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's collecting anymore um, because part of his uh, part of his stash got damaged while he was away in the military. Oh uh, no! He was very unhappy about that. I'd be uh, unhappy about that. Oh my god. Yeah. So that kind of killed his desire to keep doing it, but he still has a lot of them. Uh, there's some old NES games like Trogs that I would have never known about unless it was him. Hell, I didn't even know about Contra or that kind of stuff until... <gasps> you uh, didn't know about Contra? Oh, that game is so good. No, or Jackal. Jackal dude, is a really good game, too. I was such a Nintendo, like, line-focused kid as far yeah. as like, console gaming goes. Now, granted, at the same time that I'm playing stuff like Mario, I'm also being introduced to Doom on the PC, right? So, like, uh, yep. on the PC end, I was a lot more of a broad gamer, but on consoles, it was like Mario. Like, that's what I said. I was I was pretty obsessed with Mario for a long time. 
and then it became Pokemon, and then it became Monster Hunter, and then, you know, it's branched out from there. Um, you know, heck, what was it? I was, it was eight, yeah, eight when I first learned about Diablo, so I was really hyped about that. So, like, my middle school years was a lot of Diablo and Doom still. Like, I mean, I've never stopped playing Doom. I've been playing Doom <laughs> since 93, and I've never really stopped. So, um, hell, I'm even still playing Pirate Doom right now, um, which is hilarious. You'll love it, Morg. Classic <laughs> Doom, pirate skin, like, uh, all the monsters are reskinned to be, bu- like, different pirate enemies, like, eye patches, pirate hats, like... Uh, the revenants instead of shooting rockets, they shoot uh, cannonballs. Parrots that oh, parrots! No, they shoot parrots that carry a small explosive cannonball. Uh, one of your the rocket launcher is replaced with a cannonball uh, launcher. Uh, it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, was this is Mario? <laughs> um, I will say that Mario sixty four, like I said, was a big game for me. Um, I was I was obsessed with getting Mario 64 as a kid. I was 10. I remember I was in third grade. Uh, I was like, I need to have this. I need to have this. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, and I finally I finally got one um, after having rented one. We actually rented a system and Mario 64, and I was like, I need to have one. Uh, so I eventually did get one, and I had. Like I said, and I, I will take that back. I did not only have Mario for the first three months. I maybe had Mario for the first month by itself. Then I also got Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Oh, um, yeah. So those two games sort of tided me over until, you know, I don't know what games I got. But, like, I got a lot of other games. Uh, I was late to... Uh, it was towards the end of the 64 life cycle that I actually ended up playing Ocarina of Time. Um I was more into Mortal Kombat and, gosh, Beetle, Bor- Beetle Adventure Racing was a big one for me on the 64. Just like a racing game that you rose, uh, that you raced Volkswagen Beetles. Uh, it was amazing because it had shortcuts. And that's one of the big things for racing games is, is big shortcuts. Obviously Mario Kart, right? Mario Kart was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mario Kart was a phenomenal game. Oh my god, Yoshi Mario was Kart amazing. 64, I don't yeah, I I I I was a Luigi main and I've always been and it just helps getting the Luigi stare in Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Luigi stare is just brilliant. Oh I my god, it. yeah, um, it's such a dirty look. Um I remember, yeah. um, I think it was in Super Mario Kart, like the the very first one on Super Nintendo. We didn't realize mm-hmm. this until we actually tested this out. Um, the last track, I think it was the fourth track um, on the Mushroom Cup, um, you could either take the main road around or you could cut through the dirt, like um, right at the very beginning. Like, it, it's really weird. Like, it's a very large, almost like semi-square that you have to go around where you have to make like two left turns. Um if you chose to, you could go directly off the road and then straight across, and then mm-hmm. like you could make it to the other side ahead of everybody else. Oh, so it did have a shortcut. Yeah, there was a shortcut, but like nobody used it because they didn't think that it was because it was like off roading that you weren't going to get to the other side more quickly. But then we were like, Hey, we could do this. Let's do it. And so like, there'd be like two of us just like, just off road. just go off onto the, onto Dude, the dirt and then cut ahead of everybody that was else. The, it was so That funny. was the thing about Mario 64 was like 
figuring out the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Yoshi's, what well, I can't remember the name of the track, but the Yoshi course, the Canyon. Yeah, I remember that um, one, yeah. I remember spending hours trying to find the optimal path on that. That one's, trying to beat the ghosts. That one is so and, hard, especially considering, like, it... They're almost like traffic circles in the sense that, like, you have to figure out, like, which uh, which turns you have to make and, like, which offshoots will lead you to, like, the direct path. Because, like, some of them will be detours and the other ones will be shortcuts and the other ones will be just, I don't know, standard path or whatever it is, I guess, where most of the yeah. computers would be going anyways. It, that track, I, uh, I, I don't like it because it's very easy to get lost on it, but once you've... Oh, memorized no. it. I, I figured I figured out my favorite path and Mario Kart 8 online I have yet to not get first on that track because I, for whatever reason people just don't know to take that way yeah um and I'll tell you right now I'm gonna spoil it for you Morg okay yes soon as you you go soon as you get to the part where you have to split left and right and it just starts getting crazy right do you take a right you can actually no, you take a left. You actually, you can actually drift this to a full, like full boost. You can actually drift, and it's the left, and then immediate next left. That's that small jump. Oh. The... You take that one, and that one is a pretty straight path to the end of the maze. After you take that jump. Oh my! Like, there's God. no other turns you have to take. Um. Now, there are other paths that could be faster with, like, mushrooms and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But because the fact that you can drift the whole way to getting there and then use the boost, it just, it's so easy to me. I, and I've never, I'm, like, miles ahead of the second place person when I played online on eight. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the that's the way I took in Mario 64 eventually. Um, I, I miss some of those, those maps, like the old DK jungle, I think is a big, big one. I loved, yeah. I don't really care for the new one they used in Mario Kart eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd prefer the N64 DK jungle. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, anyway, so back to Mario 64, I love that game. Uh, it was really big, uh, for me in the N64 days. Uh, Mario sunshine was a big game for me at first, um, but I kind of finished it and moved on. I would say the GameCube, for me, I loved Mario uh, Sunshine, but Pikmin was the real real standout to me on that system, more so than any Mario game. Yeah. Um, um, I never really played Mario Sunshine, so I really can't... Te- like, I have no testimonial for it. Like, whether it's good or not, I mean, I'll probably end up playing that one once, like, the three-pack comes out. I'll probably give it a try. I, I do love Mario 64 for the reason... Uh, I, 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 lo- I no, Let me say, Sunshine, for the reason you actually have a meaningful way of getting Yoshi and him doing things. Yeah. Right? Mario 64, Yoshi was a cameo when you got the 120 stars. Oh, wow. <clears throat> There's no mention of Yoshi before or after that. And once he gives you like 99 lives, he just fucks off and jumps off the building. It's oh like, my God. <laughs> but, but, but Yoshi, where are you going? Of um, course. Mario Galaxy uh, also didn't have Yoshi, uh, Yoshi return, but I understand why. Uh, they were going for some crazy physics stuff in Mario, 60, uh, Mario Galaxy. Sorry. Um, 
that was just like holy cow, mind bending stuff. And I did finish that game. I didn't. I didn't complete it. Um, but that's also where people got uh, introduced and sort of obsessed with Rosalina. Mm, uh, yep. And then uh, I will say this: Have you heard the game theory that Rosalina is actually a child of Princess Peach and Luigi's? I did hear Have about hear that, and it's actually kind of a fun. Oh. I will say that I love uh, game theory. I love Matt Pat, mm-hmm. but that's just weird. And about any theory he has about Mario, utter bullshit. I just it doesn't. There is like the so one many where he's like abusing logic. Yoshi and stuff like that. Like that's that's pretty cruel. Like oh man, I don't like that one. He's like he is beating on that Yoshi to get him to stick his tongue out. I'm like no 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 buddy no no. That no, no, don't don't make they, me believe in that. In the rule book, they show him pointing, and there was actually interviews saying that yes, that they used to think that he would hit Yoshi on the head. That was an idea, right? Ah, uh... but they decided against it because it would be too harsh. So I don't know why people latch onto this theory that Mario is an abuser to Yoshi, and you know, like when it's like. If you do the, the just the small amount of research or even just paying attention, that's not the case. Like and they wouldn't do that to begin with, right? Yeah. Like, why would you why why would you perpetuate something like that if you're a Nintendo, the family friendly stuff? Like I I don't I don't get it. That's you know, that's why they've always avoided conflicts of religion and race and you know Yeah sexism they've always avoided those conflicts because you know they don't want to have to you know politically correct mario 30 years later you know what i mean yeah because like, that, that would just be such a pain in the butt it's like what they had to do with the uh, freaking uh what was it jinx and pokemon like they couldn't make it black because apparently that's racist um even though i think that that would have been really cool having like you know some cultural representation i mean like i'm not saying that it's a bad thing or a good thing but I don't. I don't think you should be looking for cultural representation inside of Pokemon. I'm. I'm gonna just not saying that you that it's inside of Pokemon, not the game series, as in looking yeah. at a Pokemon and looking. But I mean, for yeah. I mean, like everybody was like, "Oh my god!" You know, Pokemon. Jinx has like really dark skin and his big lips. I mean, like this is obviously racist. And where I'm like, uh, no, I never saw Jinx like that at all. Like I didn't even notice that. But like you know. I don't know. People seem to, well, to look the, at things the, from a the bad The counter argument to that, the counter argument to that, Morg, a lot of the time, is that well, you wouldn't notice that because you are not black or you are not, you know. Oh yeah, where off, where people would white. be normally just looking at that as like you know, hey, they're making fun of me, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah, and 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 I I get where people are coming from with that, but like to me. It's like where I ran into it with my orc article. Oh, that, yeah, where people are like, oh, orcs are like, you know, like a make fun of like black people. I I feel bad for I feel bad for African American people. I'm, I'm sorry for those so those people. They've had to go through a lot of shit, and it's not fair. Like they still go through stuff even now, which is really bad. I but mean, like, obviously, you know, yeah. like I actually have a lot of respect and admiration for them because. Yeah, They've had to put up with a lot, and, you know, they're still holding pretty strong. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to call you out by the whole jinx thing. I'm, yeah. I, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think people get a little... 
over the top on on getting offended when you're looking for representation mm-hmm. inside of something that wasn't meant to represent anybody. Yeah, you know like I mean? yeah, like, like it seems like but, you know, like uh, people just kind of um, they look at it, you know, from the wrong standpoint. Like where it's like it was never intended to be that way, but they took it that way because I I don't know if it was because they were looking for it, but I don't know. It, it, it's very yeah com- it was it's very conflicting it, it is very strange and it came to it, it for me like i said it came to a head with that that orc article i wrote yeah where um you know people are like what about gay orcs i'm like i don't know what about gay orcs like <laughs> you figure that out like i i didn't write about it because it's not something that i was going for in the orc article i don't i mean there's nothing not to say that address... it couldn't be gay orcs they probably would have been killed off though Precisely. by other orcs because that wouldn't have been conventional for them and you know that that yeah, would definitely and... be going against their principles of like you know big wartime guys big fires you know, looking to prolifically breed, to, you know, keep their numbers high, um, you know, and constantly be fighting yeah, with people. Like, it just does not seem like and, it's very orcish to do that. Like, I don't think that they and, would, you know, and they're also very militarily, militarily, what's the word? Militaristic. Militaristically um, uh, focused. Well, they are militaristically focused in the sense that they're very, um, they, I think that they would be very prejudiced against the, the idea of, you know, um, there being any homosexuality in their culture because it, it would just be very, right. very and... strange for them. Kind of like how people viewed um, homosexuality like a hundred years ago. Like it just was not normal. Um, right. But, I mean, and, like it know, wouldn't be a bad people... thing, but I mean, like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just the way that no, most but... other people would see I... it. <laughs> I, I don't agree with it, the, but the it's, article. you know, that's just how some people are. They're just weird yeah i know you haven't read the article morg and and that's fine right like it's something i wrote like two years ago at this point maybe a year and a half um and and i i didn't like have any like things be to be like well you can't have them or that kind of thing but um i also got got railed for making a dark-skinned orc that lived in caves and they're like oh so like all black people live in caves i'm like oh my god orcs Orcs are not black people, and black people are not orcs. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no correlation here in that article, and I'm sorry if you saw something there. And that, that's 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 our thing, as you know, people who we have to listen and sort of take in that criticism. Yeah. Like, okay, I see where you're coming from, and you know, and in my case, I was like, I, I and I was like, look, I get what you're saying. That's not the case here, right? This has nothing to do with your culture or anything. Yeah. This is a fantasy culture that, you know, da-da-da. There's all sorts of problems and problematic things systemically in a lot of places. In, in not just, you know, our culture, you know, all cultures, I'll say. Yeah. Right? Canadian and American culture. Yeah. Um, but there's all sorts of systemic issues in the games we play. Video games. I mean, hell, remember Gamergate in 2014? Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah, like, uh, like there's all sorts of systemic issues in D and D, and they're trying to fix that kind of stuff. But like, me as a creator, I am aware of those issues, and I, and I, and when people do call call me out on that, I do take it in. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry that you took it that way. Not my intention at all, but you know, and I gave the reasoning as why they were dark skinned to the people who asked. Yeah, and they were like, well, anything that lives in a cave doesn't have pigment, and I'm like. 
that's also not true. You're <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you're talking about it's funny like, because like, like it's uh, it's uh, it's such a sticky situation. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm actually working on rewriting a lot of my articles, and when I get to the orcs, I'm probably gonna end up leaving a lot of that in. Yeah, because and it's I still stand behind it. Yeah, and I don't know, like, uh, uh, how do I word this? Now, I'm, I'm going to be very sensitive about this because it is very relevant. Disclaimer, because, we are like, both... I, yeah, I am actually a Scotch-Canadian. Now, if anybody knows mm-hmm. anything about Scottish history, it's that uh, a large portion of um, Scottish history involves them actually fighting for their rights and freedoms and, you know, combating slavery and all these different peoples, including empires and such, that had done everything that they could to try and beat uh, beat those people into the ground and literally make them yeah. slaves. Um, so, mm. you know, and I've, I've also been, you know, a victim of uh, race you know, racism in, in my workplaces. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't tolerate that kind of shit at all. Like, it's completely unacceptable. No. And, like, you know, coming from somebody who's... Um, you know, racial and um, ethnic history of, you know, having to deal with, um, you know, having to, you know, fight, um, uh, you know, white dominated empires that, you know, like the idea of like owning people, you know, I can really relate um, with a lot of the issues that people had to deal with. Like even now, like there's still problems with that kind of bullshit. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, yeah, and there's a lot, I don't think we can get into everything today, but I I will preface this, anyone listening, you know, take us with a grain of salt, Um, Morgue, you know, as I understand, you know, Scottish Canadian, you're predominantly Caucasian. Um, Sadly so. I am native, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know what, no, don't say sadly. Well, no, it's it's sad because, like, you know, well, I mean, like, that in itself, like, you know, there's there's racism involved in that as well, in the assumption that every white guy is a slaver. And, you know, there's more to it than that, because, like, every, you know, like, um, every nation and, you know, whatnot, you know, everybody has different history. Like, you know, like, not every, um, uh, not every person who is, you know, of Asian descent you know, is necessarily Chinese or Japanese, you know? Like, it's not the yeah, same it's thing. very true. And it's, same thing could be said for white people, you know? Not everybody, you know, is German or is a Scotsman or is, you know, a Frenchman or has, you know, or is British or, or Norwegian, whatever, British, you know? Yeah. They're not all the same. And so, like, you know, there's always this assumption, it's white people, you know? So, I mean, like, you know, there's a well, double standard in that, too. Like, you know, not every yeah, white person well, has the same background. No, and, and what I'm saying is, um, you know, take what we say with a grain of salt because obviously we are not everybody, we are not every race. I mean, exactly. Like, obviously, you co- you coming from a Caucasian standpoint in Canada, which is not dealing with the same issues as we are on a larger scale. Yeah, in the I mean, we still do. Um, we still have to deal with like you know, um, um, issues of racial equity. Like we oh, we're for fighting sure. for it, but you know, like we're not we're not as divided. Um, yeah, it's not issue. as political for you right now. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. it still plays a part, but I mean, like, it, it's not as um, dire as some Volatile? countries are. Yeah, like it, it could, yeah. it's pretty bad in other countries, but yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, no place is well, perfect. I mean, sadly, 
And then you have me, who is both Native American and Caucasian. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like, I, I, I can't... And I can't even speak for most Native Americans, because I, I'm from, you know, Shawnee. I have, I have no connections to Navajo or any of the Western Plains Indians. Like, I... I you know, nothing for me there. Like I right. can't speak to any of that. I can't speak to you about um, uh, reservations. Never lived on one. Yes, been a thing. that is. Yeah, that is I actually can't... another thing that we could also talk about. Because, like, actually, um, in Calgary, um, we actually accepted uh, the Sutina uh, from the states um, because of mm-hmm. um, the whole issue with General Custard and all that crap. Like the white people yeah. scalping natives. And we actually, uh, we actually allowed them to come back, you know, come into Canada. Um, the Blackfoot even were like, yeah, yeah, bring them in. Um, but, um, yeah, like, um, uh, they're kind of, um, I don't know how to, uh, what the wording for it is. Um, they kind of have, um, uh, like, they're guests, but they also are, um, uh, fighting for um, rights to land and stuff like that, even though like it's technically Blackfoot territory, um, which I have no problem with it. They're welcome to what you know. What Man, they this, have. This it, it's really weird. Well, I don't know what I'm even talking about anymore. It's it's so <laughs> out of like it's so out of context with what we were actually initially talking about. And well, yeah, we we diver- we diverge into my orc article, and that yeah. orc article is pretty yeah. volatile on both race and yeah. <laughs> what we should be saying LG. is that you know people should uh, not be um, labeled. Uh, by you know the color of their skin or their cultural background, you know, like the, people should yeah. should be their own people. Like you know, like if you should be your own man, you know, everybody should be entitled to express themselves however they like. And if they like to express themselves through their culture or their ethnicity, all the power to them. That's great. But I mean, like you know, we shouldn't be putting labels on people and you know using that against them and saying that oh that's a bad thing. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's very complicated. I don't know. <laughs> it is. It is It is very complicated. But um, I think we have talked a lot about the Mario stuff uh, in general. Yeah. I think we have a good idea of what it is you know, and, and what it is. Now, Morg, are you going to be picking up the All-Stars? Uh, I, the three All-Stars? I definitely am. And there's also other games Same right here. now that are coming out for it, too. Like, there's, there's a Battle Royale for... For Mario right now, it's called uh, Super Mario Bros. Uh, 35, where it's literally, like, if you've played uh, Tetris 99, it is exactly the same yeah. premise, but here's the thing. Um, you can screw, you're all playing the same Mario levels, but what you're trying to do is you're also trying to screw around with people's, uh, maps by swapping around the games that you, our guys are playing and going over to their mm-hmm. platformer instead of your own at, just to screw around with them by, you know, making it so that you're the last man standing by making everybody faint. Um, and then there's also another game that's coming out. Um, it is, uh, let me see. It is called Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. This game yeah. looks absolutely awesome. It takes the concepts of VR and brings it to a whole new level where you can turn the uh, your living room into the course. That is just so awesome. And you even get like the little toy carts and everything like that. Like you, you probably remember the old days where um, uh, Mario Kart was a big deal, but they also marketed like toys for uh, Mario Kart. Where you could get like yeah. the the carts or whatever, you my, get uh, these and they come dar- with a my camera. Have one. 
<laughs> and you use the camera to, um, you know, like you use the um, the footage from the camera and like uh, the cart actually like making the runs through your house, um, uh, as like as like the um, as like the the source of the content of the game. Like you make your own tracks and you track where you're going using that camera on the cart that you're actually moving around all over the place. Like it's phenomenal. It's oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's a lot of cool stuff coming out with this thing. Um, so so yeah, like I, I I'm excited. I'll be picking it up as well. Um, the 3D All Stars. I probably won't care too much for Life Circuit, or um, I just don't have the space to do something like that. Yeah. And, um, Battle Royale, not my kind of thing. Last Man Standing is just not. It's too stressful for me a lot of the time. Um, although I am looking heavily into playing Fall Guys at some point. Yes. Because that looks a little more casual. It is um, very cool. I like Fall Guys, actually, quite a lot. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm going to be picking that up. But generally, I'm not into Battle Royale. Um, I just don't like that kind of high-stakes competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I like Monster Hunter a lot, because it's not competitive, it's cooperative. Um, and and uh, speaking of which, um, we were talking about difficult fights and monster hunter you you've been doing tempered uh, furious rajang oh my god what an amazing now this thing's a beast it is um my brother and my brother and i did it and um one one of the things that he said is that he feels this is the toughest monster in the game it is no holds barred it is um i am slightly not in agreement with that it is very tough but it is Rajong, right? This feels like four ultimate Rajong, right? This feels like the difficulty level that Rajong always was. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, this is this is back to form for Rajong as far as difficulty goes. Um, it takes, you know, they give you a lot of items too. They know that this quest is difficult because uh, in that supply box, which people seem to not be grabbing supply items still, like they can just do it without, um, Spoilers, you need those items, by the way. Um, because each stack of potions, instead of giving you, what, four is the normal, they give you ten um, uh, Mega Potion Plus or whatever the supply uh, supply Mega Potion is. Yeah. Um, they give you two easy life powders so that you can heal other people. Right. They give you meat, obviously, but like they give you a lot of healing items four for everybody and no one seems to be picking them up so um at least when i've been playing now this fight is extremely difficult but to me it's more return to form for rajong i still think alatrion is still more difficult because it takes more coordination it does this is a normal fight like this is a knock em, uh, you know knock up sock em robot with a rajong and arena yes but uh, which is tough don't get me wrong um but a latch on you have to worry about that dps check with this one you don't have to right you can take it easy you can take it slower i think what makes it harder is a lot of people don't take it slower it's it's very challenging that's what i'm gonna say and the fact that it gives you five carts oh my god i've never i've never been so grateful to have five carts for this mission because it is absolutely insane my god no it is very difficult um and yeah, and he is tempered and furious. So there's that. 
Right, so Furious Rajong, eh, I mean, he's harder, right? Yes. Between between Normal and, and Furious, yeah, he's, he's harder. But having the tempered version, they really beefed up his damage. And they actually, I, I think the one of the bigger differences, um, my brother and I were talking about this, is when he does the thing where he strikes the ground and the, the sort of cracks in the ground come up and the, the lightning strike up, there's actually normally only three paths when he does that. Yeah. This tempered version has five. So there's actually five paths, and they're, because there's five, they're also in a wider area, but because there's also more, they feel like a little closer together as well, so it's harder to dodge. You have to be towards the near, and not the near, but like mid to the end of it, and you, instead of being as close as you normally could, you just stand in between the lines. Yeah. Um, is, what, is what a lot of the people's problem is. I think that People, I think that people have become complacent in their hunting, uh, as far as um, style goes, um, and do, a lot of people haven't been taking this monster seriously as far as damage and stuff goes, and that's why it is very much more damaging that kind of stuff. But I've but I've seen a lot more cards on this quest than I feel there should be, uh, even then. Like, because yeah, it, it, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to shame people for for how they're playing, but world has always sort of given you this. Hey, be aggressive; it'll work out for you. Hey, be aggressive; it'll work out for you. Which is fine to a point. You do need to play more defensively with this monster, people. If you're going to fight it, like you need to. You need to actually study the monster. Don't just tank a hit because you want to get that extra one hit in. You will lose that exchange every time. Like, um, getting greedy and that kind of stuff. This this is hearkening back to older Monster Hunter design for monsters where getting yeah. greedy is what gets you killed. It does. It really um, does. Like, it, it's, it, it's, a, it, it's a hunt that y- you really need to prepare for. And y- you need... If you are going to go super aggressive, it's probably a good idea to play with a team that is very well coordinated and everybody communicates with each other and everybody knows what they're doing and knows what everybody else is doing. And I think probably one of the biggest secrets to beating Rajang is stay close to it and don't spread out. Oh my god, if you spread out, it it just causes so much trouble for everybody because... Rajang will like change targets and he'll just go all over the place and people who are trying to run and heal they get gunned down pretty easily it's it's not fun um I've I've actually beaten I think six of them so far and I actually hadn't had a lot of time to be able to fight the uh, tempered furious Rajang but my god the rewards the rewards I've are so two. worth it oh yeah the astral melding tickets are okay. I will. I will say I have yet to faint against one though. Yeah. Like. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I've yet to faint against one. Yeah. Temper Furious Rajang. I've fainted to it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I, I think it's gotten to the point where I'd actually. Uh, well, only just recently I've actually started to lose more hunts against Temper Furious Rajang. But that was because of like some of the groups that I've been with, like some of my more dedicated groups that I come by and visit and see how they're doing. I hunt with them, and they were not able to beat a single one. 
And when I go in there, that's the time when I'm like, okay, something's up. Why am I not winning anymore? <laughs> yeah. But then, like, yeah, I, I'll go online and I'll play with randos, and we're just kicking butt. Like, we're doing really well. And I don't know why. Like, I'm, I'm switching up my sets and playing with whatever it is I want. Like, whether it be Sleep Hammer or if it's, like, Exhaust File Blast Switch Axe. Like, ooh, it's fun. Oh, my God. It's just great. You know, you do a lot of fun builds, Morgan. Yes, I do. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Oh, oh, anytime you talk about a build, you, you, you end cap it with, it's fun. <laughs> it is. It's really fun. I mean, like... I, what, let me see, like, in GU, um, I took advantage of, like, uh, I think it was, like, it was a combination of the Valstrax and the Karkos armor. And the idea of that set was, okay, so you had, um, you had Resentment, you had Crisis, you had Attack Up Large, and I think it was Dragon Spirit, and then you had, um, Health Recovery Down. The idea of that set was, you wanted to have really low health, and you wanted to have, like, um, a good bar of, like, red, like, temporary health. And the idea was yeah. is that the the more that you suffered from that set, the more damage you were going to put out. Um, it, it was absolutely insane. This was back when Crisis, I think, added 20 raw. And then, of course, you had 20 from Resentment. And then you had 20 from Attack. And then you had, like, a 10% multiplier on top from Dragon Spirit. Um, because it would put you into Dragon Blight. And then it would make you do extra damage. Um... And if you played, I think it was Valor Longsword with it, you really took advantage of resentment most often because when you were doing that Valor stance, you'd get that red, ga red gauge of health. And then when you get hit by an attack, rather than taking the damage full on and losing health, you would just get a bigger red bar. So it was, oh man, it was so good. And then I also came out with, um, it was um, it was the uh, Rapid Fire Crag set where it was Rapid Fire, Load Up, Ammo Saver, and then Artillery. And this was, this. it's the same concept as the sticky bowgun build where everybody's using Aquashot right now. Where, yeah. where it was like rapid fire would add like an extra extra shot per round. Like extra fire, like extra rapid fire shot per round. And then with load up, you'd have an increased clip size. And then with ammo saver, you would save ammo. So it was really, really useful. Um, and I think it was with uh, the lost Xanadu uh gun where it had all the crag shots and then if you put haphazard on top of it i believe it boosted the cannon shots and the tri-blast or yeah 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 the tri-blast um i didn't realize this until i was making the set if you combined artillery and haphazard both tri-blast and cannon shots were we're both going to get like the big buff so whew, yeah really nice see that's what i'm saying it's you just always have fun builds. Yeah, um, just, you just, I, <laughs> I love to talk shop with a whole bunch of people. Like there are guys like True Zenogre, uh, um I haven't talked with Konzo A, but um, there are a bunch of people who come up with some pretty interesting builds, and they're really really fun to go with. Um, yeah, definitely worth the time. And speaking of uh, builds and jewels, um, everybody knows that the uh, the melder tickets when you're doing um, uh, the melding for the jewels. Okay, so there's like steel, there's silver, and then there's gold. Astral is like the highest tier you can go. So this is like, if, you, if you're looking for like, say, a challenger four, like where you get two points of mm -hmm. challenger, or if you're looking for something that's just absolutely insane, like maybe an attack plus four, this is the hunt that you should be doing. 
right now to, to be getting like those really rare jewels because that's that's the only way really where you're going to get like the best RNG is if you farm the ever-living crap out of this Tempered Furious Rajang. It's hard? Yes. Is it doable? Yes. Are you going to get really good rewards for it? Absolutely. I, um, <laughs> I love this. Like, I actually love this this quest. It, 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 it's crazy tough, which I really enjoy. The rewards are phenomenal. I I, I yeah. can't say enough about it that it's just super good. And it's it, it's making people piss their pants, just how difficult it is for some of these people. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> I um, love it. I will say there is a flip side to this coin, which is the Frostfang Barrieth. Yes. That gives the gold melding tickets that is easier yes. than the tempered frost fang. Uh, in the same arena. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, it's in the same arena. Yes. Um That's a fun quest. Um, you know, a as you know, more I do the limited bounties. I've ever since the events have come up, mm -hmm. uh, I've done every single one. Yep. Uh, actually ever since the Latrion has been up, I've not missed a limited bounty yet. Oh wow. So that includes the daily ones and the weekly ones. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And then, of course, crown hunting, right? Oh, wow. One. We we just finished uh, Black Veil. So we do limited bounties, and then we immediately go into crown hunting. Um, and, uh, and that's what we'll be doing right after uh, we record here is uh, Chance and I will be playing. Uh, again, probably. Um, I don't see why not. Um, I'm yeah, definitely going to be uh, helping, also, for sure. I'm going to be online. I'm going to be joining you guys. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> awesome i'm glad to have you when we, when we do because mm -hmm. you play with a lot of other people mm -hmm. i do make fun of you though for not playing with us that's I, <laughs> I love i love taking jabs well it's funny because uh, i i keep getting like two or three invites and i'm like guys i'm already in a hub i'm sorry i i want to join but i can't and so like i'm trying to like split my time up with all all these uh different people who want to you know join mm -hmm. on and hunt with me but like it's uh if i had more time in the day to be able to do that do i would just do what I do. I'm like, hey, if you want to hunt with me, come on over to my play, you know, uh, my, you know, Discord here, and we'll we'll hunt together here. And I've roped in a couple people like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, roped in a couple people from Wolfie's Discord um, that got to know us through through that. Um, you know, not trying to steal anything from Wolfie. There, I would amazing. obviously. I would love to play with Wolfie. Doing the music. Oh, it was so you, awesome. So you've still never played with Wolfie yet? I have not played with Wolfie, and I really want to. It would be so fun. Oh, man. I'm trying to think. Actually, I yeah. know I played with her on, on Generations Ultimate. Um, I don't think I've played with her. No, I have played with her in World. Um, I mean, I I, I think I've played cool with I've played with uh, Riaka, who's a really really nice guy, really good streamer. I've played with Cons, um, OA like not Conta, like um, I wish I'd played with Conta Parami. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, I've played with VT. I've played with Herney. Um, yeah, they're all really 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 good players, and they're all really fun. Like it's really enjoyable, and of course. Played with Herney. Uh, oh, sorry. No, played with, uh, yeah, played with you, Fortuan. And yeah, like, you know, playing with a lot oh, of the big course, wigs. It's yeah. great. I love it. Um, I am not a big wig. Let me clarify. You've, not a big wig. You've been here since day one, man. You're the moderator. You, you were the moderator for the Monster Hunter sub, for the Monster Hunter subreddit. Like, that's a big deal, I would say. I mean, okay. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that sh- that could have been a big deal, but it really isn't. Like, I, people just shit on the moderators more than anything. Yeah, sadly sub. so. I mean, but I mean, hey, um, hey, you you had you know you had. That, I, uh, I I see it as putting in my time, um, <laughs> like <laughs> putting in my time to the Monster Hunter community. Um, I tried so many things with that sub. I tried to do like weekly hunts and i i i I would be surprised if anyone on that sub that doesn't know me from you know from then and now that like was just on reddit like oh it's 420 if i popped in and commented like i would be surprised if anyone recognized me who hasn't directly interacted with me before like yeah, <laughs> that would know me from being a mod or anything. Damn it! I was like, I was gonna I, say that you know at one point in in your lifetime you were the face of the Western Monster Hunter community, but God damn it, you're so no, humble. That was Yuri. <laughs> that was Yuri. Don't even try that. That was Yuri, and you know that. <laughs> okay, I'm. That was the community manager. As <laughs> as nepotistic as that is of Capcom. Yep. <laughs> the face of the Western Monster Hunter was Yuri. Yeah. You can't deny that. Yeah. Um, also, no one has known my face up until two years ago. I would say. Is when I started posting things on Twitter. It actually had me in it. Got a um, pretty damn glorious beard. You know what you should do? You should braid that. It's thing. actually trimmed right now. Here, here's the thing. I actually trimmed my beard to go on that date so I could look more desirable. presentable. Yes. Yeah. Oh come on. Yeah. Everybody knows that. You know, well, yeah. Everybody knows that. You know, if you've got a beard, you're too much man, and if you don't have a beard at all, you're not a man at all. But you know, that's an inside joke. Anyways, and now I, I, uh, I, I am no longer. Um, what do you say? Competing for Eric's for the best beard. I, I, because of me trimming it, it's a lot shorter. I, so, yeah, I, but it's still there. I want him to braid that beautiful beard and put an awesome Dude, Celtic. That clamp is a life goal for me. He, a life goal for me is to braid my beard, tuck it into my belt, and call myself a dwarf. That would just, be so awesome. Just, like I, I would love it. Dwarves are just awesome. They're like they're like the little Celtic warrior smithies of like the medieval era. Like they're just ah, love them. I feel represented. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Yeah, that that uh Berioth hunt is really good. Like if you do if you do feel like getting just gold melding tickets, that is a good hunt to be doing because yeah it is a lot easier and it is very easy to farm those those gold melding tickets for sure but i feel like those mm-hmm. astral melting tickets are a lot better and yeah getting sealed fail uh, sealed phase stones like mm, oh it's just delicious oh i'm trying to think um did we get teostra in the Velcana gate map yet i don't know i think actually i am that might be next week i'm not sure i think lunastra also shows up there too um i think we're getting teostra then lunastra then kushala or 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 some order of them throughout the next coming weeks maybe um i will be doing um i will be doing those quests but i won't i won't be doing a lot of them uh, considering I do not have to crown uh, crown hunt um, any of those, um, Chauncey has to. 
but he refuses to, especially Lunastra. Yeah. Lunastra is his most hated monster. I actually didn't have a problem with Lunastra. Actually, it took me 115 to Crown Hunter, and I did that within the first week of her coming out. Oh, wow. So, and yeah, I, yeah, I'm not like, going to lie. The, the Lunastra tick damage is pretty nasty, but, I mean, I go in there with a nice charge blade, and it's just easy like it's actually pretty darn easy kushala i actually did it's funny because like i i hate lunastra and kushala daura um but like i've i've been fighting them more and more lately these days and i'm finding them a hell of a lot easier now because i know how to deal with them better now it's just go for the head like that's just it you just go for the head and you just flinch them you knock them over you clagger them yeah it I don't know what else to say. All you have to do is just put in the damage, and they're not that bad. Um, I kind of feel bad for for the more defensive players, but yeah, um, that that's usually my go-to strategy. Is just try and go for the head as often as you can. I mean, if if you go if you use a gun, rapid fire ice or electric for uh, electric for Kush. Or if you use Crag, it's great, and I'm constantly using the hammer on them all the time, or the charge blade. Both are phenomenal weapon yeah. choices, because they just put out so much damage. And they do KO, so, I mean, it, it, that just says it all. I mean, like, getting, getting that lockdown is just really, really nice. Yeah, no, um, and elders, elders are the ones, the only ones that do the, uh, we would like to call it the Elder Fall, mm -hmm. where you hit them in the head and they're and then, like, ah, yeah, and yeah, they fall over. That dramatic fall over, we're like, ah, yeah. I'm just going to lie down ah. on my side. Ah. Yep. Having, having been um, crown hunting a lot of elders lately, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Especially Valhazic. Val Valhazic, uh, Black Veil. Yes. Black Veil is an interesting fight. And, and um, I can't... I can't stress how much that I like this monster, but I still like Namiele more. Mm, they and are both fantastic. Like, I love them. I don't know what the I hate for Namiele is. I don't understand I it. I forgot. Oh, wait, there's a hate for Namiele? Yeah, apparently people... Well, fuck off, apparently, people. Yeah, really? yeah, I know. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Because, like, I like that it has dual typing. I like that it has the water and the electric. And wait, I wait, like... people are upset about the dual typing? Well, they're they're upset with the fact that um, uh, the water is just absolutely insane, apparently. They don't like the AoEs. Um, I don't know. It's just silly, really. And, like, apparently there's, like, um, there's an attack where she, where she sweeps with her wing to the side. People apparently have been hating that hitbox. I really don't have a Why, problem where with Where are it. we... Really? They hate that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've seen people complain about it, and I don't know why. I, mean, I, I I don't like to do this, but I do it constantly with, with difficulty of fights, because I see other people do it, and I'm like, eh, you know, no, that's not okay. But I, I almost did it there. They're like, I really, I don't have a problem with the wing swipe. I never hits me, because, like, duh, because, like, it just, just means that, I, you know, I've been acclimated to that fight more than maybe some other mm -hmm. people. It doesn't mean they're right or wrong, but, you know, it's... Yeah. it's I don't like when people do that to me, so yeah. maybe I shouldn't react that way myself. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I like the fight, um, but I more so like the monster for its design yes. and the ideas, mm -hmm. and like the fact that it has like how many different stages? You've got 
electrified, yeah, yeah. hydrated, dehydrated, electrified, angered, electrified. Like, like there's just like it's there's like six or seven different combinations of what this thing can be. Yes, and um, the the bioluminescent lights, like it actually feels like you're fighting something from under the ocean. It is not in the ocean. It like, is like it's so cool. It is very good. Like it, like everything about Namiel just is. It you know just what? Screams authentic. It is probably. Is probably the best iceborne monster. Morg, I I don't I'm not sure we can we can do this. What? Um I'm not sure that it's feasible. Mm-hmm. So at one point we had a lot of we, we did facts about a monster a week. Um if you remember uh Toaster, he had done that oh, yeah. for a while. Um what this is just like off the top of my head while we're talking about this. Yes. What if we did as sort of like a celebration to Iceborne ending mm-hmm. once uh or you know, even starting next week, um it's gonna take a long time because it's gonna be sixty weeks or whatever. Yeah. But what if we gave a review of every uh target monster um of Iceborne? That sounds like an actual like review of the monster that sounds like a phenomenal idea i love it we should do that i am down I, I for that i will run it by pan because pan wouldn't be involved uh in some of those monsters but she she was involved in some i think that uh, yeah it would be a good idea and, and and a lot of them are returning monsters and she can speak about them from other games yes um but yeah i i just um Maybe, maybe. I maybe think we it, could do I that. think it's a great idea. I don't like. I don't, I'm spitballing ideas on air like this can bite you in the butt because then people are like, oh, I really wanted to hear that, but like, no, yeah, no. How, I'm. How, how much are we going to overstay our welcome on Monster Hunter when you know we're we're six months out from Iceborne and we're still reviewing? I think that um, people would be very you know interested in so our opinions about a lot of monsters and. You know, I think that you could definitely focus on the ecology, the design, um, uh, the way that it behaves and stuff like that. I like the strategies behind a lot of these monsters. Like, for example, Namiel, if, you, if you're having trouble with, like, that wing sweep, there are there's two things that you can do. You can choose to just, like, not commit, like, not overcommit. You can choose to, like, if you see the attack coming... The best thing that you can do is just try and run or roll as quickly as you can towards the head. That's the best thing that you can do. Depending upon where the orientation of the head is, if it is um, moving the right wing, best thing you can do, rotate counterclockwise with the monster. If it's the left wing, you have to rotate clockwise with the monster. And you have to do it as quickly as you can, so in that way you're out of range of that hitbox. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Do not overcommit to anything, you know, because chances are you probably are not going to stagger that monster. Better to play it safe. And, yeah, like, honestly, yeah. If people are actually having troubles with, with, like, the water and stuff like that, the best thing that you can really do is just be aware of, like, your surroundings. It's... (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, picture like this. You're in a parking lot. Every car that is in that parking lot has a bomb in it. You don't know when they're going to blow up, but they will at some point. Best thing you can do is just keep your eyes out for the vehicles and make sure you don't get blown up by them. Same thing with those puddles. 
and yeah, like with Kush, yeah. like like with Kushal Daura, the wind is terrible. But the great thing about it is, is that there are two places that you can attack, and they are the tail and the head. They're always outside of the perimeter of the wind. It doesn't matter like how much wind he has around him, whether it's like the minimal or if it's the largest amount. The safest thing that you can do is always like just stay near the head because then that way you don't get blown around. And besides that, I mean, those are the best hitboxes anyways. And with Lunastra, like, yeah. honestly, mm, I'm not really sure what the best strategy is for it. I'm very unga bunga when it goes when it goes to Lunastra. Like the best thing that you can do is always just try and eat it into a wall, get the head damage, and just try and do Ooh, as much damage as boy. you can. You, there was there was no yeeting in the walls when I did that ground hunting, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean it's either <laughs> that or you're just well, attacking the head. Well, as let often me say fortunately because because I am I am over the bonking. Mm -hmm. I am so it's funny occasionally, but like. Again, it's it's such bad play behavior. Yeah. And I mean, like, um, the great thing about, actually, Lunastra is that, unlike Teostra, where if Teostra has, like, the fire aura around it, projectiles will not get through. If you do have trouble with Lunastra, you can use projectiles, and they will hit. It doesn't matter what phase that she's in. Your, your, your ice projectiles are always going to get through. The problem is, is when she has that blue and purple flame up. The blue and purple flame will prevent you from being able to get your shots through. However, if you're able to maneuver around the monster and you're able to get those shots in, and if you focus on the wings, which are her weakest point, you will do a lot of damage. It's great. Yeah. It is. Now, the problem, here, here's, a, here's a fun fact about me as a hunter more. I am so obsessed with part breaking, oh. and I've always have been, that I focus on parts, even if they're bad to focus on, yep. to break them until it's fully broken, and then I go for a weak part. Yeah, that is how I have hunted always. I'm I'm not out there to get the fastest kill. I'm out there to get the parts off and have fun with the fight. Yeah, and that's how I have fun with it. Yeah, so you'll actually see me working across the monster all the time. Yeah. Well, you've hunted with yeah. Me. I'm everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's actually a good thing. With if you're a blade master, and this also goes for Chance, if he's listening, if you're having trouble with this, pay attention to this, okay? You 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 can attack from the front or the back, depending upon you know what what Lunasher is doing, and it is safe to attack the hind legs. You're not going to do as much damage, but it is always pretty darn safe. If you notice that she's kind of like, you know, tilting her head to either direction and she's got her front legs kind of crouched down and her back legs are arched up and her tail starts to move, get the hell away from the tail. Start attacking the head as much as you can. And if you are attacking from behind and you can see that she's kind of like rearing her head, kind of doing that tailstra flame, if you watch in which direction that she's like um, rotating her body, whether it's clockwise or counterclockwise, just follow the same direction as she's following in. And you're going to be safe because she'll never be able to reach yeah. you. Because as long as you're moving in the same pace as she is, you'll always stay behind her. Very, very easy to, you know, actually, yeah. Lunastra is actually a lot easier than a lot of people make it out to be. It's just Tempered Furious Rajang that's actually really hard right now. But um, Well, I will say Tempered, tempered Lunastra surviving her ultimate blast is near impossible. It is. You're caught off guard. It is really, um, yeah. And that's that's really where she gets in trouble for me. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Let's 
Let's save that for the potential review later on. Okay, yeah, we'll save that for later. Yeah, we want it. We want to keep things. Yeah, like you know. next year when we finally get to that episode because uh, sixty monsters. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sixty weeks later is more than a year. Yeah. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh. Um. Um. So yeah. Uh. I don't. I don't think we have much else to talk about tonight, more I think we've we've ex- uh, we've stayed our welcome long enough. Yes. I think. I think we've exhausted all the material that we can for today. Um. Uh, Mario, racism, and then Monster Hunter. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yep. I think we did yeah. pretty good. Lesson learned, guys. Don't be racist. And remember, hey, <laughs> racist, yeah, racism is a three-way street, you know? It doesn't matter, you know, what what your genetics are, what your background is, you know? Anybody can be mean to anybody, you know? It's all about, you know, learning to be able to love and accept each other for who they are, being able to see past, you know? You know, everybody's got an asshole in their group, but you should not identify, yeah. the, you know, that group and associate them with being assholes just the same as that one guy, you know? It's just, you know... It's nature, you know? Everybody's different. But that's what makes, you know, that's what makes the world, you know? It takes all kinds to make a world. It's a great thing. I was legit trying to find the most innocuous group I could just call all assholes, and I just couldn't think of one. Uh... Like something stupid, like, like hunting horn means. <laughs> I, I am against. I am against weapon shaming. I am against that. No, I like no hunting horn. Shame. I don't know what the ha- I know! Long swords, There's amazing though. hunting horn players out there. I cannot do a hunting horn. Uh, they are better players than I. <laughs> if I had to hate a group, I have to say it's Longswords. You guys made Flinch Free absolutely necessary. Why would you do um, that to me? I run Flinch Free because my brother's an Insect Glaive user, not because of Longswords. Oh, that too, but yes. Insect that Glaive is, users. That is, my word, that is my one word of advice that we'll, we'll leave off of this. Um, before we get on to another tangent more, yes. because, you know, we could go all, all night, obviously. Um, my one piece of advice, if you're playing with more than just yourself, if you are not solo hunting, get one level of brace. It is mandatory. Yep. I don't care what you think. I don't mm-hmm. care what kind of build. You're like, oh, I don't have the slots for it. You can take down something from level 7 attack to yeah. level 6 attack for that one level of brace if you need to or whatever now, i mean that's probably not feasible because attack is a one slot and brace is at least a three but anyway yeah. um yeah the orientation uh, is like the idea is that you can reorient your, your skills so that way you can include fringe and flinch free and you're not going to lose out to too have much. one level of brace just yeah. do it you'll have you'll be a happier hunter for it that is that is Key Fortwan advice you can take you can take back to the tent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> to be honest, I mean I can't really say that I hate any like particular group. It's just the players, you know. It's not the weapon. It's you know it's all about the players' approach. And you know I I actually do main a couple of weapons, but I do play all of them, so I can't really hate on any of them. But yeah, like you know it's all it's all about the players, the individuals that like you know make the choices that they do in the game. That really dictate, like, you know, the opinions of, like, oh, I hate this kind of I like how we but, yeah. circled back the, the real, you know, racism problems back to Monster Hunter classes. It's, Love it. it's, all, it's Anyways, all about the individuals, for... remember that. Not the group. <laughs> yeah. It's the individual. Thanks for listening tonight, folks. 
<laughs> this is Sports One. You can catch me at Hunters Hub Pod on Twitter. Uh, look out for some other episodes coming out. We, of course, we do this show weekly. Um, Hunters Hub, of course. Um, and you'll see me at Fort One because I, you know, I run it. So it's you know, Fort One at Hunters Hub Pod on Twitter. Um, you'll see the Tuesday games for Pathfinder 2 that we're going to be doing. Which, by the way, Morgan, I don't know if you know, I'm going to be doing another game on Mondays now oh. where I'm a player in Pathfinder 2. Really? And and Darth Tater slash Chaunce is our DM for my mom and dad. And oh, me. that's... So we're doing a family D&D night on Monday. That's so wonderful. Exciting. I'm excited. This is going to be so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Hey, we, we did a full D&D episode one time, if you guys listened. But, like, uh, yeah, my parents are the one who got me into D&D because they played in high school. They had fog machines and everything. Oh, my, my God. My dad can't roleplay... My dad can't roleplay with shit. Oh. I don't understand. That's it. too bad. I don't understand it. He, he he plays himself. Just an angry ranger. That's what he... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not harping on my dad. He's a really cool guy. He's just, yeah, angry. <laughs> <laughs> angry ranger. Uh, it's like Billy Jack every single time. Yeah. I don't know who Billy Jack is. I don't know who Billy Jack is at all. But uh, yeah, look out for those. Uh, I will probably be finishing my Chimera Ecology soon. I'm actually down to the last couple sections. It'll be coming out soon, I, I promise. I've been talking about this for months now. But it, it'll, it'll be it's out. It's happening. I swears. It, it's happening. Um, it was more complicated than I thought. Um, which will reflect in the article, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's a complicated monster. Anyways, uh, Morg. What will you be on the next quest? Well, you guys can always catch me on Twitter at MorganHay3. I mean, I'm I'm kind of busy these days doing stuff, um, but I am sometimes online. You know, you can always catch me playing Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Um, I'm also probably going to be going back to GU because um, a friend in another group, um, Naro Ultra, he's uh, he just picked up GU, and I got a new controller. It's um, what is it actually? It is. Here, let's see. What is it called? It's a power A. Well, anyway, it, it's a cooler controller. It's a lot better than than that stupid rock candy controller that I had that had terrible buttons and whatever and Joy Cons. Um, and I'm probably going to be helping him to get him through the game because uh, I love playing with that guy. He it's a blast. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm probably going to be coming in and uh, also playing more Pathfinder 2 if uh, if uh, Fort One's going to still be DMing that on Tuesdays. We're still going to be doing that. I'm hoping. Oh yeah. And um, oh yeah. No, there's there's nothing stopping that right now. Mm-hmm. No, not. I hope not. I mean, because it's it's a lot of fun. I like playing as Chub Chub. He's. It would be. It would be hard if we didn't have like so we're we're down to three from seven. Yeah. Right. But we have, um. We have some people that that aren't gone gone. Yet. Yeah. We're still at five technically. We we can always we'll, we'll be okay. we can always have characters that make appearances. Losing, you know, I mean, it's nice to have. You know. Yeah, and and if we lose some people like on a permanent basis, if we drop down to four, I'll probably ask some more people to come on uh, at that point. Um, but I think I, there's no reason to stop it. No, no. Um, there's still more things to do. And of course, you guys have never entertained the idea, but there is the possibility of leaving the island as well. <gasps> so. Oh, I never thought of doing that. Wait, are you making this a true blue sandbox game? It already is a true blue sandbox game. That is true. I have I have been I have been throwing down plot hooks and you guys have been following them. I have not 
in my opinion, I have not been railroading you guys. Um, you guys could have turned tail and not fought the Wyvern Mother uh, with the elves. You guys could have just went into the jungle. And that was a real possibility you guys could have done. Or we could have sworn fealty uh, to the uh, the Wyvern Queen or whatever and been like, you know, servants of the great Dragon Mother. And then taken over the entire island. <laughs> also known as the Blue Monopolis. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Blue Spiky Boy. Yeah. Spiky girl? Girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Did I just gender profile monoblows? Oh, no. Oh. I mean, you... By default... And I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand this at all. By default, a lot of people just gender profile monsters and, and, and monster hunter. They just do it. And I'm like, there's only a couple monsters you can do that with. Like, I think with all his Rathian, Lunastra, Teostra, Mitsutsune, Gameth, and Mitsutsune and Gameth, like those like eight monsters, are the only ones, to my knowledge, unless there's more frontier ones I'm missing because the two wolves are the only. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I can't. Uh, I don't remember their names, but uh, damn, you know what? It makes just it hurts. I want them to just bring the frontier monsters into the game. Oh, oh shit, Morik! What if that's the Switch game? <gasps> what if that? Oh! What if that's the Switch game? What? What if it's Frontier? Oh my god! Oh god! All right! No way! We gotta end the episode. Oh now. my god! <laughs> it's done. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, later, folks. Yeah, bye bye. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>